From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of January 17th, 2013. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo Malad-Willy, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Mary Jo tells us about the salute to the Golden Horseshoe Review, and the team helps Diz Senior Editor Leah Zanola plan her upcoming trip to Disneyland. All that plus this week's news, Roundtable Rapid Fire, and our Disboards Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hi, Tom. Hi. Hi everyone. Fur, it's the, freezing. Yeah, it is. No kidding, it's freezing. Who turned on winter? <laughs> first thing, <laughs> we've 26 here today. First thing we need morning. to do is officially welcome Michael Bowling to the Yay! table and to our team. Yay. Welcome, Michael. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm excited, Yay. too, and overwhelmed just a bit. Uh, well, you I'm should, personally you should be excited because now the mix of the show has changed, and we now have an equal number of travelers versus locals. Yes. Oh, that's Woo-hoo. true. Awesome. Yeah. Travelers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple things in housekeeping. First of all, the survey people are out and about. I saw them in New Orleans Square. Please send your cards, your letters to the Disneyland Resort and complain about these people. Get rid of them. Go away. Wait, they were in New Orleans Square. They were in New Orleans Square, and they had ugly costumes. (laughs) Oh no, those those were those oh those those were in the Jamboree area. Wow, well they looked like six spikes. So I saw I saw them in the Jamboree area, and I saw them in New Orleans Square on the same day, I think, or a couple days apart. But yeah. Next thing we're gonna be on a ride. I know we're gonna be on a ride, (laughs) and they're gonna we're gonna be on the train, and it'll be somebody you know holding us up like they do at Knobs going. But since you're here, yeah. can I ask you how the quality of your? Oh, that's just wrong. Yeah. Is it? I, I have not. I have been to Disneyland um, several times in the past few weeks. Every single time I see survey takers, and it's not just one or two. They're all over the place, like what you're saying. Yep. So, I, to me, it takes away from the magic of and the enjoyment of the parks to have them. Also, show or two ago, we talked about the Voices of Liberty not being that. Uh, that I said, oh, they're back and. Or they were still there or something like that. And my theory is that they were gone during Candlelight Processional. Because when I saw them, when I was there at the park, there was a uh, banner across the bottom of the poster that said that they returned uh, on December 22nd. So that's why that's why maybe I thought that they were gone because they weren't, the, the sign and stuff wasn't there during Candlelight. So that's that was... A little confusion there. Also, we talked about Jolly Holiday. Not somebody mentioned Jolly Holiday not having breakfast items other than pastries. I did see a croissant sandwich in there with egg and, and stuff on it. And you can order the quiche as well for breakfast. So there, there are other options other than just pastries. Well, that's good to know. That was me that yeah, said that. Yeah. So, cool. Thank you. Um, I corrected. Good, yay. Uh, <laughs> anybody else have housekeeping? I got a tiny one, if okay. you can indulge me for a moment. Okay. So I saw a lot of photographs that folks took over the New Year's holiday. And yes, we all know it was very, very crowded. But for those of us who are travelers, oh yeah, all you local folks, 
isn't the phone ringing? Don't you have to go tend to something right quick? Um, let's see. We have it. We have a new a new traveler person with us, Michael. Michael, question for you: When you yes. pack to go down to Disneyland, do you pack a blanket to go with you? <laughs> well, we generally drive down, and we have blankets in the car. In the car. Oh, okay. How about how about a nice fancy beach towel? Do you do you uh, pack one of those with you? Not normally, no. <laughs> see, I, know see, I have a new. I have a new game for us travelers. It's called Spot the Locals. If you see people sitting on the ground in a nice fancy blanket or a big, big beach <laughs> towel, just pass by and point at them and go, local, local, local. <laughs> well, I, I also decided, you know how, Mary Jo, like you're going to like this. Mm-hmm. You know how they like, the, the Disney Worlders like to tease us about the size of our castle? Okay, yes. I decided I know now why theirs needs to be so large, because they need the large backdrop for their stage shows, because that castle is no longer an entrance to a land anymore. All the times I've been there in the last two years, you can't walk through it any longer. Mm-hmm. At least ours serves its function as an entrance to a land. Theirs is just a backdrop now. I saw so pictures there of you, There you go, <laughs> Disney A backdrop Worlders. with a restaurant stuck in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and a not very good restaurant. Ooh. <laughs> I was, you know, it's funny you say that, Michael, because I was there, when I was there recently, it's when you walk up Main Street and you see the carousel at, in the evening with the lights going around, is, mm-hmm. you know, through the castle. And it's just such a beautiful sight. And I was asking somebody if they had the same thing at Walt Disney World because... I didn't remember ever seeing that, so it's funny, funny that you mentioned that. But I, I love that that view of Into Fantasyland through the castle yep. with the carousel. Yeah. I agree. Well, you know the story about how they had to move the carousel originally because Walt stood up at the train station and looked down and said the carousel's not centered, and indeed when they measured it, it was off by about two feet. Wow! And <laughs> and they literally moved the carousel. Because Walt said to move it. Nice. Wow. <laughs> All right. We also want, we want to remind everybody about Disc Cruise 1.0. That's a Royal Caribbean cruise with uh, your fellow Dizzers. And that is August 24th through the 31st. If you are interested in that or interested in having information about Disc about Podcast Cruise 5.0, when that comes out, email Tracy H., that's T-R-A-C-E-Y-H at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Uh, Can I add something then since you're talking about trips? Well, sure. Trips? Go ahead. Um, I'm going to be going on the An Adventures by Disney um, trip in this coming May. We're doing the Spirit of America. Okay. Oh. And my understanding is that there's still a few oh, so if you wanna, on that particular trip. If you yeah. want to travel with Mary Jo, Mary jo. that's going to be Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, correct? Yes, yeah. I'm so excited. It's I'm we get to go to Washington D.C. and Philadelphia on that trip, and it's um, May twenty-fourth through uh, May. <laughs> You're asking 30th. me? No, uh, I'm telling you. I'm okay. sorry. It's May twenty-fourth through the thirty-first. So we'll be in Washington D.C. on uh, Memorial Day. Oh, so that'll so be excited. cool. That'll yeah, twenty-fourth nice. through the thirty-first. Yes, right. Or if you want to go to Alaska with me, just come on and. Let's go. Hey, I'm going to Laughlin soon if anyone wants <laughs> to join me. There you go. Nice. There you go. R- rooms are cheap. There's a crap are you going table. on the bus? <laughs> oh, no, there's no bus to Mega Laughlin. Mega bus. 
<laughs> Don't forget chat nights, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Pacific. If you want to email the Disneyland Podcast team, uh, send us feedback. That's dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. Also, uh, check out our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and then click on the Disneyland tab to get our show notes and links to our show and links to anything that we talked about. And if we are done with housekeeping, let's head over to Tony with the news. A Disney veteran who heads a Florida theme park will take over next month as president of the Disneyland Resort. No. Michael, oh wait, you guys are going to help me. How do I say his name? <laughs> you know, I text messaged my cast member buddy to see if he knew how to pronounce it, but I don't know. If, okay. you, if you pronounce the R, if you don't pronounce the R, go ahead. Give okay, it, I'm going to go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the R. Michael Colglazier, vice president of Disney's Animal Kingdom, where he was planning the upcoming Avatar Land, and a 23-year employee of the Walt Disney Company, will replace George Calagridis, who has headed the Anaheim Parks and related businesses since October 2009, the company recently announced. Michael A. Colglazier, vice president of... I don't think that's right. Michael A. Glazier. Sure, okay. Can I call him Michael C? Mike. Michael, I'm sure it'll just be Michael on there. Mike. 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 Mikey. Okay. (laughs) Michael Glazier. Wait, say it. Michael Glazier. Glazier. Okay. Michael Glazier. Michael. I know. Oh, Cafe Orléans. Okay, yeah, okay. (laughs) Glazier. Yeah. Okay. Michael A. Glazier. Do you want me to start all over then? Go ahead. Finish up. I think we should leave it all in. Michael A. Coglazier, Vice President of Disney's Animal Kingdom and a 23-year employee of the company, will replace Calagridis. I'm honored to have the opportunity to lead the Disneyland Resort and serve as a steward of both its heritage and its continued growth, Coglazier said in a statement. Coglazier, 46, began his Disney career in 1989 as a corporate analyst. He now oversees Disney's Animal Kingdom, one of four Florida parks with 3,000 employees. He spearheaded the PhotoPass program, leading the effort from 2003 to 2007. Park visitors get their pictures taken and can purchase or view them online, which we all know. Caligridis is leaving Anaheim for a promotion as president of Walt Disney World, where he started in college as a busboy the year that the resort opened in 1971. The Florida resort has four theme parks, two dozen hotels, and entertainment shopping venues. During Caligridis' three-year Anaheim tenure, the resort added 5,000 employees and in June opened the $1 billion makeover of Disney California Adventure that included Cars Land. California Adventure broke daily attendance records and Anaheim Park visited and Anaheim Park visits overall hit an all-time high. He was personable, thoughtful, and a phenomenal steward in investing $1 billion to the Disney Resort, which ultimately made Disney the largest employer, said Lucy Dunn, president of the Orange County Business Council. That's an astounding track record of success in a very short period of time. Calagridis also is credited for becoming involved with the community, including Children's Hospital of Orange County. I think he is one of the premier presidents that the Disneyland Resort has ever had, said Kurt Pringle, who was Anaheim's mayor when Calicretus began. Comments? I I wish I... Yeah, well, that, yeah. But I I kind of waiting to see what the opinion of, of the new guy is. I mean, I, I think... At least Calicretus, you, you, you saw him out in the parks as opposed yep. to the previous guy who only showed up for photo ops. But yeah, it's it's hopefully hopefully good things are ahead. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yep. I was expecting this new story to have you guys talk for like half hour, and 
Because then, come on. <laughs> well, because we, okay. we, we don't know we don't know that much yet. about. Yeah, I don't know anything about and, it. And we're not we're not Disney World who is excited about not having Meg Crofton anymore. So, okay. it it doesn't affect us that way. Although she, she's relocating to Burbank, isn't she? <laughs> that's that's no, the scary no, thing. I'm serious. Oh uh, no, because her if yeah, she's well, that's where the heads her. of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Parks and Rec. Is that what you just said? Parks and Rec. Yeah, I just did that. <laughs> okay. Parks and Resort. Yeah. Parks and Res. Parks and Res. Nice save. Yeah. Okay. And now I think we're more excited about the next. The next story. Go ahead. I am. We'll too. pretend and, to be more excited about the next story. Oh yeah, and for more because there is no ride with a new president. Okay. And now the more travel-related story. A new theatrical production that incorporates Mickey Mouse and other Disney characters will debut this summer at Disneyland. Yay! Yay! Yay. Finally a show. A wow. show in that place. Bring me down. Wait. We oh, I didn't say where. Yeah, let, 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 right? should let know me finish. This. Come on. Let me finish. Mickey and the Magical Map. Pretend you don't know. Fa- Mickey and the Magical Map will appear in the Fantasyland Theater near It's a Small World. The theater closed in August so crews could start preparing for a new play, but Disney did not reveal the concept until recently. In the new show, Mickey Mouse stumbles into a fantastic adventure through worlds of music, color, and beloved characters. Said was said on the Disney Parks blog. Disney released artwork that artwork. Four years old now. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Read the rest of the story as a four-year-old. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, no, I can't do. I'll start laughing. Okay. Disney released artwork. That revealed other characters in the show, including some from the Jungle Book, Tangled, and Pocahontas. Most recently, the Fantasyland Theater housed the Princess Fantasy Fair, where visitors beginning in 2006 met princess characters. Before that, the theater hosted a string of shows, including Snow White, an enchanting new musical, and Beauty and the Beast. Later this spring, the princess characters will move to a new fantasy fair under construction, where Carnation Plaza Gardens used to stand. The completion date has yet to be released. Visitors for now can interact with the princess characters at a greeting area along the It's a Small World Mall. So we're getting something in that space, and it sounds exciting. Yay. It does. I'm very happy about it. We've needed one, a show. I think it's nice for the theater recently. to waste. Exactly. I agree with that. It's, yeah. it's a great theater. I think it's, it's going to be almost a Fantasia-like theme to it, because I think they said Yensid is in it as well. Right. The sorcerer from Fantasia. Because it's a magical map. That's true. Excellent. That's the news? That's the news. Thank I'm you. curious to see how that show is going to... So that isn't the news. That isn't the news. No, this is now commentary. Okay, cool. A little signature on the bottom of the TV screen. Yeah, gotcha. Commentary. Okay. Um, I'm interested to see which of this... which uh, How much of the show is going to be... What parts of World of Color are they going to bring in? What parts of just a like a, a normal stage show are they going to bring in? I'm what parts? What new technologies are they going to bring in? And also, are they going to show it enough enough times so that it'll eat a bunch of people? Right. Yeah. Like I'm just really curious. I can't wait. Not not literally, but yeah. No, that would be a cool show. <laughs> I'd need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. Let's start with Mary Jo. Um, well, I was over at Disneyland recently, and I noticed that they've they started a new process where they are now taking pictures of people with multi-day park hoppers. And what the cast members are doing is they're standing out in front of the turnstiles, and they're kind of they're telling people to hold their 
part their media, ticket media, out. And anybody who does not have an annual pass, they're looking at their park hoppers to see if they're multi-day ones. And if they are, they're taking a picture with an iPhone and transmitting it to the turnstile so that when the people um, enter the park, their picture comes up and it says park hopper, re-entry, et cetera. Um, and again, Disney's just, Disneyland is just trying to um, combat these people who are renting, using, yeah, selling the tickets. Now, um, is do you think that this is making the lines worse or better than when people are having to show ID every single time? Oh, you know, at first it was horrible because they were doing the pictures at the turnstiles, and right. um, you know, people were reporting that they were missing out on their magic mornings. Yeah, and Disneyland realized they had to fix that quickly because so that's when they were, put people out front. That's when they put people out front, and they're greeting you. They're happy. They're waving with their Mickey hands, etc. Nice. And at first, I was thinking, "Guy, these cast members are so friendly." And then I realized what they were doing is they were checking our our um, park hoppers. I think you're still going to have to sign your tickets. You're still going to be showing ID. So it's uh, I don't see it getting any better. Huh. I, I don't. I you know and, until um. Disney figures out how to manage the crowd going into the parks. Right. And, and, the, and the hardest time right now is Magic Morning. So I think it's still early in the game and Disneyland's working to make it, to improve it. So I'm, I'm going to be going to the parks and I'll be paying attention. Um, I'm going to go early in the morning so I can see how it, how the lines are, are getting. So that'll be my housekeeping the next time we get together. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mary Jo. Uh, Wayne. Well, let's take a trip north from the Disneyland area and head up to where Six Flags Magic Mountain is once again keeping up with its reputation of being the thrill capital of the world. Mm. They are beginning construction on the newest super coaster called Full Throttle. It's built to be the tallest, fastest looping coaster in the world. Full Throttle looks like it has found a new twist in Thrill Coasters. The first unique feature will be a -a one-of-a-kind triple launch system. Next, Full Throttle takes an inverted loop a crazy step forward by having the coaster run inside a world record 160-foot loop at the top of the, at the first of the ride. And then later, we'll trace the outside of that loop in what Magic Mountain calls a top hat. Not only that, but the attraction features two forward launches and one backward launch. So three launches in this one coaster. This coaster sounds crazy. (laughs) We need to do it. From the station, the coaster train is blasted forward from 0 to 70 miles an hour and headed to the inside of the 160-foot loop. After that, you take a couple high-bank turns and into an inverted dive loop that drops you into a dark underground tunnel. A quick stop, and then you are launched backwards, back up to the high point of the dive loop, where you stall out, and fall forward right back into the tunnel where you are again catapulted forward. This time, the coaster heads up the outside of the top hat loop, back down the other side, a few more turns, and back to the station. 
the concept video of this thing looks nuts. Mm-hmm. Full throttle will be located near the front of the park in a newly themed five-acre section. With this addition, Six Flags Magic Mountain firmly holds the coveted mm-hmm. Coaster Capital of the World crown with a total of, are you ready, 18 roller coasters. There's no, way you could, there's no way you could get on 18 coasters in a day. <laughs> this is a not and keep your lunch down. <laughs> yeah. And that is more coasters than any other theme park on the planet. Wow! Wow! They Full beat throttle. out uh, Kings. What is it? Kings Dominion. Oh, that that yeah. one. Yeah, Cedar Point. I, I Cedar think Point. That was the one. That, but yeah, eighteen total. Wow. Um, more than any other theme park. Uh, full throttle. Uh, they don't give an exact opening time, but they say sometime this year. I I can't stand it. I'm going to have to make a trip to yeah. Magic Mountain and see if I can survive all these new style hyper coasters. This one sounds amazing. We still I need to do Lex Luthor, right? That too. I mean, you know, big coaster drops, big air. I'm not too big on inversions, but this ride looks killer. I can't wait. Excellent. Thank you. Do you have your will in order? <laughs> <laughs> He's not that old. Come on. He, he can survive. Yeah, but, you know, anybody's ticker can go at any time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Poor Wayne. <laughs> Michael, what do you got for us today? Well, with the Oscar nominations recently announced, the Walt Disney Family Museum uh, released some fun facts about Walt and the Oscar. Um, between 1931 and 1968, Walt Disney won 32 Academy Awards, and he still holds the record for the most individual Academy Awards won, and this number includes special and technical awards. 26 of Walt's Academy Awards, including the Honorary Award for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, are on display at the Walt Disney Family Museum. And if you go on the Backstage Magic Tour, if you go to the archive, when you go to the archives, you can actually, you know, fondle a real uh, Oscar <laughs> of his. Um, Walt, Walt. I think first, it's the one for the for the the True Nature series where they push the lemmings off the cliff. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Lemmings Forever, whatever it was called. <laughs> Lemmings Drop, which would be a good name for a coaster up at a Magic Mountain. <laughs> Lemmings Drop. <laughs> Walt's first Oscar was the first ever Academy Award for animated short subjects, his silly symphony, Flowers and Trees. That same Academy Awards ceremony in 1932, Walt was also given an honorary award, which was presented to him for the creation of Mickey Mouse. In 1939, Walt received what was by far the most distinctive Academy Award in its history, um, a custom-made Oscar statuette for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. This award consisted of one standard Oscar statuette standing above seven other miniature ones, representing each of the dwarfs placed on a step 20-inch long base. Shirley Temple presented this second honorary award. He won a total of four honorary awards in his lifetime, and you can see this one at the museum. The first-ever Nature Documentary Academy Award was awarded to Walt in 1948 for Seal Island, and actually the Walt Disney created the Nature Documentary. In the 1960s, Walt purchased 20 miniature Oscar charms he engraved with the name 
of the work for which it was awarded. Um, he created a beautiful charm necklace and gifted it to his wife, Lillian, who's, who, of course, typical wife. She then converted it into a charm bracelet. And, um, and it's on view at the Walt Disney Family Museum. And this is beautiful, um, this little charm bracelet. Academy Award host Bob Hope is rumored to have said, in tribute to Walt's many wins, if we have any of these statues left over, we'll just send them to Walt Disney. Um, Walt also holds the record for the most Academy Award nominations, with 52 nominations. And you can still go to the museum this month to see the Academy Award-winning film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in the museum's Fantasia-inspired theater. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Uh, Nancy. I have a lovely, uh, I have the privilege of mentioning, I should say, that the Blue Sky Cellar. Your time's up now. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm not going to say, can I say? But can I say that the next Blue Sky Cellar reopens January 19th, and it's going to feature um, displays and and, um, uh, planning models of the new Fantasy Fair. Okay. And um, also concept artwork for what we just talked about, Mickey and the Magical Map. So two new things. They have not released um, the opening date of... The fantasy fair, but they say still, still are saying spring to 2013. So that'll be exciting. And for those of you who don't know, the fantasy fair, like we said, was the meet and greet for the princesses, and it's in the old Carnation Gardens area where they do swing dancing. So I bet the swing dancers will be really happy when that comes back. Yep, excellent. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, guests who donate two or more cans of food to the Orange County Food Bank can purchase a regular adult admission to Knott's Berry Farm for only $28.99 or purchase kids ticket for kids or seniors ticket for $25.99. And that offer is good now through January 31st. So if you're thinking of going to Knott's this month, take a couple cans of food and get a big discount off of ticket prices. Mm. And Tony, last but not least. Okay, we have some Legoland information. Hey, all right. On January 26th, Legoland has a Kids Marathon Mile, and it's part of the Tri-City Medical Center Carlsbad Marathon Weekend of Events, and you get to do a one-mile, just-for-fun race through Legoland. All registered participants receive an event t-shirt. Kids age 12 and under also receive a shiny finisher's medal, a free child ticket to Legoland, California, and Sea Life Carlsbad Aquarium, and then a friends and family offer for up to two guests, plus a free child's Ultra Star movie pass. Ooh. Man, they just got to walk a mile, so it sounds like a pretty good deal. So that's one thing. And then another thing going on at Legoland is that they're having an under, underwater park stay at Sea Life Aquarium. So on January 19th, at um, ocean enthusiasts will learn about marine protected area or underwater parks during the aquarium's fifth annual underwater park stay. The event is an effort by Southern California Aquariums to explain the need for marine protected areas that replenish fish populations and restore the health of coastal waters. Sea Life will host kid-friendly event activities, including prize giveaways, a special underwater dive show, an educational craft event, a conservation expo with hands-on exhibits, and more. Activities are included in the price of aquarium admission. 
Kids 3 to 12, $15, and adults $20. Parking is $5. I think if you have a Volvo, you actually get free parking. <laughs> I know they, no, I'm not joking. Yes. No, I think that's true. Oh, it nice. is true. But I, I, I know it's true at Legoland, so I'm assuming it's true at the, uh, the, uh, water park. <laughs> too. Yeah, so go out and buy a Volvo so you can get free parking. Yeah. yeah <laughs> All right, thank you, Tony. So let's head over to Mary Jo with our thread of the week. Well, this week's thread of the week is... I forgot the echo. Week, 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 week. Hello, hello. Uh, we have a thread by um, a relatively new dizzer and goes by the name of Nova ZX3. And the question is, ideal age for Disneyland. I have a 2.5-year-old girl, or 2.5-year-old girl. <laughs> You're so literal. Oh, dear. DS 2.5, or DD 2.5. There we go. Um, and she puts, I've been interested in going to Disneyland for some time now. What's the best age for her to what go? What is she waiting for? Exactly, right? Yeah. I, I want her to be able to enjoy the rides and to have a good time. She's very tall for her age. She's in 14. Um, but her maturity level is that of a two and a half year old, as opposed, well, even though, so she's tall, but she's, she's like a half year old. Yeah. age. Okay. I don't want to spend the money to go. She's going to be scared. She's on free. Right. Advice. You know, my I, wife I, and I, I had this debate with our granddaughter <laughs> because I was ready to take her, like, as they received her out of our daughter-in-law. And, and, you know, my, my wife said, no, no, we've got to wait until she's older. And we took her when she was around two. She was completely engaged. She loved everything. She was that age. She was noticing everything. Small World and Casey's Jr. were her, and the singing birds. Casey Jr. was um, one of Wes' favorites. Were, were her yep. favorite. Absolutely favorite attractions. Um, you, you know, she loved the fireworks. And then, and then she points at Mickey's fun wheel and says, I want to go on that. <laughs> and, and then she wants to go on those cages that move. And I told your grandpa wasn't old enough for those. Nice. So we, we went on the, on, you know, we went on the fun wheels. She loved it. I mean, totally at two. She was, it was the perfect age. She loved it. She, she was not frightened of the characters at all. Um, and you really rediscover the whole magic of Disney when you take a child that young. So I say go for it. Two and a half, great age. You'll love it. Nancy, Nancy, how old were your girls? Okay, I was gonna say, as you guys know, mine, Zoe, my oldest, was there when she was five days old. Jeez. And so, Lily, because I was so sick after I had her, um, it took her like a month and a half before we actually took her down to Disneyland. But, you know, they, for me, it's been so much fun to gauge their awareness of things. But my biggest piece of advice, if you want to get your money's worth out of it and your value out of it, let her guide you. Walk around, make sure you have the map and kind of play with her with the map. You know, say, oh, we're right here now. Oh, we're there now. Oh, this is where Tinkerbell lives. And, you know, point out different places, but let her visuals of everything guide you to what you want to do next. Don't make it about you and what you want to see. Make it about completely about her and what she wants to see. If she wants to watch the ducks, you would be amazed at how much quote-unquote magic there is in just playing with her in the ducks or, or going to Snow White's Wishing Well and letting her watch the fish spin. 
just all those little things, you will get so much out of that park if you just follow her and watch, follow her lead and watch what happens. How about you, Tony? What, how old is Andrew? Uh, oh, he was newborn. Yeah. And so it was more for, for me yeah. and his mom than yeah. anything else. Yeah, West, but, um, West, I think, was six weeks old when we went. Yeah, but I think the, um, well, what's, well, I don't want to say it's a parent thing, but what, um, Michael said, is now that I've got, I have some friends who have, you know, little, little kids, you know, I think a two year old and it's so much, I'd kind of gotten jaded in Disneyland and now like, oh, it's so much fun to see what they like uh-huh. and realizing that, oh no, they're only going on four rides because when you have three kids in strollers and yep. so it's, yeah. And what Nancy said about let, let them guide, like whatever they want to do. So like, um, little mermaid ride when I was with the family and, um, they, uh, and they decided, oh, we're going to little mermaid and they all wanted to go and I Went, wow, my 11 year old son has no concept of wanting to go on Little Mermaid ride, but here you had, you know, the four year old and the two year old, and 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 I got to sit with, I think the one year old was it the one year old girl that I sat on my lap, and it had been a long time since a little kid that, and just seeing her face, and yeah, you need to take them. There's something for everyone there. And remember, until they're yep. free until they turn three. Yeah, That's so right. get them in as much as they can. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what and, and I can, I can also, I'd say, try to keep them now on their normal schedule. I mean, if they're used to taking naps at a certain time, try to keep them on that schedule. You'll, you'll have a, a much better time in the parks if they're happy. What kind and, of re- yeah, what kind of responses I, are we getting on the boards? Um, basically, the people. The bottom line is agreeing with with. What you have said so far is it, it depends on the child. It's um, one, we're, we're getting a wide variety. Some of them are saying, you know, wait till your children are potty trained. Some are saying that what? taking exactly yeah. right. Baby care is one of the best places. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And some of them are saying that having the strollers to them made things easier because they were able to put their stuff in the strollers and take their children. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> that so was a sad gonna, day when we couldn't take our stroller anymore to Disneyland. <laughs> I, I was sad when I didn't have diapers anymore and I had to actually do potty breaks oh, with, with when when mine were little. But you know, oh, I, I thought and that was them, a personal statement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, but that worked with my But we should be congratulating her because she got out of the diapers. Thank you, guys. But here's here's uh, Malcontent. He is uh, one of our regulars on the Disneyland board, and one of the one of the um, the responses kind of went along with what Tony said that it's fun taking them when they're older and they can appreciate the the big rides, etc. But there's nothing like watching the expressions on their faces when the magic is real to them. Yeah. So Malcontent, yeah. he puts, um, I will never forget the look on my three year olds. Niece's face when she saw Cinderella the first time. She had told me that they were only cartoons, but when she saw Cinderella at Disneyland, her eyes got huge and she gasped, she's real. Nice. You know, so there's different times, and, and I totally agree with that. I remember my, uh, my little cousin when she saw Tinkerbell, and I, I had never really seen the expression, her eyes grew wa- round with wonder. Her mouth opened. Mm-hmm. She clapped her hands to her to her mouth, and her eyes were wide because she saw Tinkerbell flying. And there's nothing that can match that magic with a child, especially when it's your own child. Yep. You want to know what my granddaughter calls Disneyland now? <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa's house. That's not if if she if I'm not wrapped around her little finger, <laughs> 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 I never will be. 
Some expensive rent to go to Grandpa. Yeah, really. <laughs> to live there. I want a key to that dream suite. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially since she's free. Please take advantage of the time that they're free. Spe- it well, especially if you're long. local and, and it's... Yeah. 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 Now, if they weren't local, I would maybe disagree and say wait. Because I know when I went to... I wait, we waited for Andrew to go to Disney World until he was old enough to handle the heat and the humidity and not have to take naps and all that. Because if we're, am I gonna if I'm gonna spend you know three or four grand on a trip, then but if you're local, no, take them. Or if you're not, so if we're just, just gonna be a weekend trip or something like that, yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. I, that's where I kind of disagree just a tiny bit, Tony, in the fact that we're local to Disneyland, so we could go to Disneyland. So going to Walt Disney World is a was a a bigger um, vacation because I I went through the same thing. I wait I waited till my kids were ten and eleven. Before mm-hmm. going to Walt Disney World, but we had Disneyland in our backyard, so we could see it at any time. Yeah, this, you're right. That's true. I didn't think know, of it that way. We yeah. had a backup. You're right. You're right. <laughs> exactly. I didn't think of that. Not just a backup, but you know the original. The original. Well, yeah, the original. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, thank you, Mary Jo. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland segments this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.